1: The good news is God's method. It's His power. In the Greek dunamis, it's His dynamite power to save people. It is the power of God.
0: That's Pastor Michael Tenko and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, then keep this telephone number in mind, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Michael Oksentenko continues in the Cosmic Controversy Series. In fact, we are up to number 12, entitled The Apostolic Gospel and the End of the Age. We'll bring you the first portion of this broadcast today. Remember, you can listen to it online at any time in its entirety without interruption at reachingyourheart.com. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oksentenko, with today's Reaching Your Heart.
1: It has been called Operation Restore Our Community, and it is spearheaded today by a small-town judge in Alabama named Bay Manette. The program is for misdemeanor offenders who are looking for alternative outcomes than simply going to jail for their crime, so it's pretty popular with the criminal class. The program goes something like this. A person commits a crime, and then he gets caught for the crime. The legal process moves down the road, and finally he's convicted and just before the sentencing starts the judge offers an option serve time and pay a fine or go to church if they choose the church option they have to choose a church and then they must check in with the police and the pastor every week now that'd be a new role for pastors wouldn't it it's pray or pay it's seek the divine or pay a fine you know that's the essence of operation restore our community after one year of spending time in the pew and checking in with the police and the pastor, the judge then dismisses the case for good. Fifty-six people are presently enrolled in Operation Restore Our Community. The chief of police is optimistic about the program, but some critics have accused the judge of an unconstitutional action against criminals. The judge has argued that it is constitutional indeed because the offender has the choice of choosing between jail and church, so he's not making him do anything. I'm sure the debate will linger on, but in the meantime, Operation Restore Our Community is bringing people back to God, they say. Now, in the Bible, there is only one truth that will bring people back to God. It's not a gimmick or a game with the law. It's the truth that clears your legal record. It's the truth that transforms a life that is rotten to the core. It's the truth that is never so ancient that it becomes obsolete. The apostolic gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the good news that saves you if you surrender to the truth and you don't try to modify it, you don't try to make up for it, you surrender to this truth with faith. It is the good news that overcomes evil and sets the sinner free in time and at the end of time. Now theologians and philosophers cannot improve upon the apostolic gospel. They may think they're smarter than what Jesus taught his apostles, but they are not. The truth that Jesus gave his apostles is the only truth that will bring Christ back to this planet and will end the mess of this world that we're in. It will bring the end of the age. No theologian of the Middle Ages can add one bit to it or improve upon it at all. No final generation of believers or Bible teachers can claim that they are saved by a different gospel than the one that was taught by the apostles of Jesus Christ. Nothing new this morning. I hope I'm not disappointing you. No new idea here that I came up with. Not at all. Just something old that we all need in time and for the end of time. This morning I'd like to describe the gospel that saves the worst of sinners and transforms him or her into a saint of God. Real practical stuff here. It is the apostolic gospel that needs no improvement by a theologian, a preacher, a philosopher of this present age. The first salient question this morning we must ask is this. Why do we need the gospel? I mean, there are people today who don't believe they need a gospel. Now, the word gospel means good news. We need the good news, the apostolic gospel, the good news, because of bad news. There are three universal truths that describe the bad news. That is the universal human predicament that every one of us here is struggling with, that every one of us here must come to grips with in life to have eternal life. Universal truth number one. I'll state it plainly. Everyone is bad with no exceptions. You say, wait a second, preacher. Everyone here is bad with no exceptions. Let me prove it from Scripture. Romans 3, 9 to verse 12. What then... Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For I have already charged that all men, both Jews and Greeks, are under the power of sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have gone wrong. No one does good. Not even one. Now, I've run into people in the church who don't buy this. They said, wait a second. I've been keeping the law of God for years. I come as a third or fourth generation Christian. And I come from a faith tradition that makes me solid. I'm here if no one else is. And the Bible says you're rotten to the core. Today I'm looking at the church. I'm looking out there. And that is full of bad people. And I'm sorry you had to learn it from me, the preacher. Don't hit me as I leave the door today. Everyone here without exception is rotten to the core on the inside by nature. Everyone here, if left to themselves, would not want to live with God as he really is unless God changes who they really are inside. And no humanistic optimism will change that reality. It is a form of deceptive self-denial that we all are morally bankrupt without a God that can help us. Universal truth number two, no one can save himself or herself by simply trying to keep the law. Now, I believe the law is a good thing. I'm not against the Ten Commandments. I am for them. But the fact is that if you are seeking to keep the law as that which will commend you to God in the judgment day as the means of righteousness, according to Paul, you are under a curse. That's not how we attain righteousness. Romans 3, 19 and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. He means under the condemnation of the law. So that every mouth will be stopped and the whole world will be held accountable to God. And then verse 20, you should underline it in your Bible, for no human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Now, this is an offensive truth to many religious people. They don't like this verse, but it happens to be in your Bible. Trying hard is not good enough to save you trying to obey God so God will accept you is not the basis of acceptance, even though obedience is good. Keeping the commandments as a means of gaining righteousness won't work for righteousness, and keeping a list of moral improvements won't make you good or moral. It's a bankrupt kind of religion. Universal truth number three, everyone deserves to die because everyone has sinned. Now, I've met people who don't think they have or do, But the Bible says they have and they do. Romans 5.12 Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men. And what does it say in your Bible? Because what? Because all men sinned. Romans 6.23 simply says the wages of sin is death. You put it together, everyone here has messed up and everyone here deserves to die. Now that's the bad news and nothing you try on your own will change one bit of it. Trying hard can't turn bad news into good news. Trying hard can't turn bad people into good people. The only thing that changes bad news is good news. And the gospel is the apostolic good news that deals with the bad news and reverses its effect in your life. The good news that changes people is the apostolic gospel that meets every person their need that addresses the bad news of life, that addresses the realities that you cannot fix, and it places God's grace in the whole of your need, and it fills the vacuum that only God can fill. So what is this apostolic gospel? First, dear heart, is the power of God to save you. It is God's way of saving you. There's no other way. There's not a plan B to the apostolic gospel. It is the only plan. In Romans 1.16, Paul says, "...for I am not ashamed of the gospel." It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The good news is God's method. It's his power. In the Greek dunamis, it's his dynamite power to save people. It is the power of God. The Greek word save means to heal. People are broken today. Lives are shattered There is a brokenness. We live in a broken age. We've seen in the news this week that the financial crisis that we are facing is the worst financial crisis in human history. And the great minds of the world do not know how to fix it. People's lives are broken as unemployment ravages this country, as lives are shattered, as self-esteem falls down. There is only one cure for the modern madness. It is the gospel, the apostolic good news that mends the heart. There's no part of your life that is broken that the gospel cannot heal it up. There's no pain in your life that is so hurtful that the gospel of Jesus cannot heal the wound that's hurting deep inside. You can go to counselors all day long. You can pay your retirement out to get someone to make you feel good in your misery. You can come to Jesus and you can find the cure that will face the madness of the modern age. There is no inner affliction that is so severe that the gospel cannot bring the bomb of Gilead and heal the sickness and save the soul that is rotten and give the person inside a new life free from guilt where before there was none. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to save everyone. Now the key word is everyone. The apostolic gospel is for everyone who needs to be saved. Any person, every person who is saved in God's kingdom will be saved only because of this gospel. So what is this gospel? In one word, the gospel is Jesus. In one word, the gospel is Jesus. Let me prove it to you from Scripture, Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, The gospel concerning His Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and designated Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations. Verse 3 says the gospel is about Jesus. It's not about our ministries, It's not about the preacher. It's not about our church. Dear heart, it's about Jesus. The good news is the truth that concerns God's Son. The apostolic gospel is the apostolic good news about Jesus. He is the content, the subject matter, the truth of the good news. And No theologian can improve upon the truth that comes from him, through him, and because of him. No thinker can think a deeper thought, more brilliant and more significant than the good news about Jesus. A new armchair theologian has anything to say that is more meaningful than what he has said and done in his life, his birth, his death, and his resurrection for you and me. Dear heart, Jesus is the good news. Now the good news that overcomes the bad news in your life is the good news about a Savior. So what is this apostolic good news that concerns Jesus that is so important for your life? How does this affect your life practically, my life, every single day? Simply stated... Jesus' life and death replaces your life and death at every level. His birth takes the place of your birth. His life takes the place of your failed life. His death takes the place of your death that you deserve. His future becomes your future. And God's verdict on him, God's acceptance of him in the judgment becomes your verdict in the judgment too. Jesus is the good news. The birth of Jesus is the beginning of God's news. Look at Luke 2, verse 9. Now, the angels were the very first to announce the gospel. The very first time we find it in the chronology of the New Testament, an angel is using the word good news. Verse 9, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news, the
0: gospel. Pastor Michael Oxetanko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888 244 HOPE. That's 888 244 4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxen Tenko. And the angel said to them, Be not
1: afraid, for behold, I bring you good news, the gospel of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ was not born for some special group of people called the elect. He was born for all the people who need him. The theologians will tell you he came to die for the elect. The angel said he was born for all the people as a Savior. You know, if I have to pick between a theologian and an angel, I'm going to believe the angel from God. What about you? Let, let's not get too complicated here. If the theologian says this and the angel says that, I'm going with the angel. All the people means the poorest person, the richest person too. All the people means the person you wouldn't like and the person who doesn't like you. It means the person who needs God at the deepest level. It's the, it's the lowest person on the totem pole of human need and it's the person of privilege too. It means all the people, whether they know it or not, every person was born under the curse of Adam's sin as a sinner too. And Jesus was born so his unique birth can take the place of your bad beginning. The good news of Jesus' birth replaces the bad news of your bad beginning and its sin legacy in your life. Christ took your place as a baby so you can be born again, born from heaven, born anew into the kingdom of God. He was born for all the people. And because Jesus was born for all the people, Jesus' life means a new life with meaning. John 10, verse 10. Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it how? What does it say? Have it how? Abundantly. Christ's life means a new life for you. Christ's life means quality living for you meaningful living, not just existing, not just putting up with the routine of life, seven to three, punching a clock, maybe it's seven to eight for some of you, but meaningful and abundant life with purpose and contentment. Jesus' life takes the place of lives that are out of control and a life without purpose and significance. Jesus is the new reason to live and a good reason that really matters for life. Christ is not just the way to life. Jesus is the life that is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Buddha is not the way. He claimed to be the way. Gautama claimed to be the way. He's not the way, though he claimed to be. You know, recently Steve Jobs died. He, he was converted to Buddhism. I'm not trying to put down his faith. But he was wrong. It's not the way. You can look like you have it all together here, but when you die and you don't have Christ, you have nothing. Jesus is the only way to real living here and tomorrow. He is the way and he is the life that is the way. Dear heart, Jesus was born to die for you, not just to live. His life was a journey that ultimately led to a personal death that is all of our deaths wrapped up into his ruin that brings life to everyone. The one who is the life was born to die the death of every man and woman who deserves to die. The very one who gave us life gave his life to give life again that can never be taken away. The apostolic gospel teaches that Jesus died for every single human being in the whole creation. He became the internet, the nexus for every person's messy life and death and consciousness. It was funneled into him in Gethsemane. It was downloaded into his human nature. And suddenly he became the God consciousness of evil in human form, journeying with the heavy load and burden to the cross of Calvary where he died for it all. And the death of Jesus is the single most important truth in the gospel that sets the sinner free from condemnation. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-5. Now Paul is writing, I would remind you. Brethren, in what terms I preached to you the gospel, which you received and which you stand, by which you are saved if you hold it fast. Now if you hang on to the good news, you're not going to be lost. There's not going to be any iffy business here in terms of your future. You will be saved. He says, by which you are saved if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. There are people today who don't like that. I mean, Christ is my substitute? Christ dying for me? I mean, no, he didn't do that. He just came to reveal God's love. Dear heart, he did more than that. He came to deal with your mess. He died for you, he died the death you deserve to die. He chose that road. And Paul says he was buried, verse 4, he was raised on the third day in accordance to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas then to the twelve. The most important truth in the Gospel is the truth that Jesus died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. It is the most fundamental personal truth of your life. He died because deep inside the heart of God there was a law, and there was a law that required love and mercy in that law. It was deep within His law. And the same law that required the death of the sinner required mercy. And how could you bring the two together? The same law that requires death and that requires mercy, we see it in Jesus who is the law. Mercy and death hanging on a cross for you in a perfect agreement. It's not some external law. It is the law of God in human form. It is Christ dying as the great atonement for the human race same law that required death, we see mercy in the eyes of Jesus. Jesus died for your sins, Paul says. The single most important truth of the apostolic gospel. You can't improve on this truth, but you can take it and receive it by faith. When Jesus died, he rose from the dead. He died for your sins, the most important truth of your life. But that's not all he did. Romans 4.25, Jesus, who was put to death in the Greek paradidomi, handed over. For your tresp- our trespasses was raised for our justification. Now, the Greek word for justification is just a legal word that means acceptance. It means legal acceptance. Christ was raised for your acceptance. If you can't accept yourself, if you feel God can't accept you, dear heart, if you believe that Jesus died, and you believe that he was raised from the dead, he was raised so you can believe that God accepts you if you have faith in Christ. He was raised for that. When God raised him from the dead, he reversed the condemnation of the cross, the verdict of death. It was overruled in his life. And if you have Christ, the same verdict is yours. God raised Jesus from the dead, it means that in Jesus you are accepted by faith in him. If you have the Son of God, you have the life of the resurrection because you have Jesus. And God will raise you from the dead just like he raised Jesus. Jesus is the good news that you are accepted in him. Jesus died and rose again, and then he went back to heaven for a very good reason. People ask the question, why did he go? Why didn't he just stay here? What has he been doing up there for such a long time? Look at Hebrews 7, 24 and 25. But Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues for, what does it say? Forever. An indestructible life. Now here's the conclusion, verse 25. Consequently... He is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to do what? What's his job up there? To make intercession for them. Christ hasn't left you behind so you can find your way to the kingdom of God without him. As your great high priest, Jesus is praying for you at every moment of your troubled life. If no one else is praying for you, Jesus is praying for you. The one who was born for all the people the one who is the source of a new life for everyone, the one who died for your sins, the most important truth of the apostolic gospel, the one who was raised for your acceptance, that same one always lives to pray for you, to intercede for you, to claim the power of God for you, to call on God by virtue of his perfect life just for you. Jesus lives to pray for you, dear heart, making intercession for you. You're pretty important to him. But that's not all there is to the apostolic gospel. There is one more truth. Jesus called the gospel the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew twenty-four, thirteen and 14. And he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. The apostolic gospel is the good news that Jesus was born for all the people as a Savior that He lived to bring abundant life to replace lifeless living, that He died for our sins, the most important truth in life to discover and to believe in, that He was raised for our acceptance, that He ever lives to make intercession for us. and But that's not all there is to the gospel. You see, the key word is for. Christ did all of this for us. Jesus called the gospel the gospel of the kingdom. So there's one more truth that is true in Jesus that is part of the gospel.
0: That will conclude the first portion of the Apostolic Gospel in the End of the Age, a part of the Cosmic Controversy series. Join us again the next time we get together to complete this message or listen to it online at reachingyourheart.com. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Again, you can listen to this broadcast online at reachingyourheart.com in its entirety along with the rest of the Cosmic Controversy series. And join us again next time. We so appreciate you listening. For Pastor Michael Oxentenco and everyone here, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.